You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And as many of you know, I do have what some would call an addiction to alliteration. So I could not pass up this opportunity to name today's show Tag Tuesday. And the reason for that is, as of today, the NFL's window to place the franchise tag or transition tag on a player has officially opened. So we are going to talk about the options that the Titans would have. We have glossed over it before, but I really want to dive in to what the salaries would be for each of the five players that the Titans would consider for that tag. So we will talk about the options that they have. Also, We have gone over free agency. We have done our free agency preview, but the issue is a lot of players who will be available once free agency rolls around have not been released from their current team. We are going to see a ton of cap-related cuts this offseason because of the depressed cap due to the pandemic, but also every year in the NFL, we see cap cuts to help teams save money and allocate those resources elsewhere. We have talked about the cap the potential cap cuts for the Titans. But now I want to take a broader NFL view and take a look at the players around the league that could potentially be cut that might make sense or maybe don't make sense for the Tennessee Titans. So we're going to go through the NFC. We're going to go through the AFC and take a look at some potential cut candidates who could make sense for the Titans. Excited to jump into that list with you guys. So it's a Tag Tuesday here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Podcast. Let's get it. It is a tag Tuesday, and as I mentioned at the top of our show, we are going to go over what players the Titans could potentially use the franchise tag on. But before we talk about that, just want to give the general parameters here. So, Officially, as of today, teams can place the transition tag or the franchise tag on a player. And if you're not aware, basically both of those give the team the ability to sign back a player to a one-year deal, let's say, like we had with Derrick Henry last year. So the way that this works, I'll use last year as an example, the Titans could not agree on a contract by the beginning of the tag window. So what they did was they put the franchise tag on Derrick Henry so that they could ensure that Derrick Henry would be on the Titans at minimum on a one-year deal. So, when you consider that, think about how that projects forward and the money, the money is an average of how players are paid at your position. So, the franchise tag is an average of the top five paid players at your position. The transition tag has some different rules, but it is an average of the top 10 
at your position. So basically, it's a one-year deal for a player guaranteed that they're getting paid top-of-the-market money for their position. We saw that happen with Kirk Cousins multiple times, as a matter of fact. So it's something that we see a lot in the NFL, and it's something that teams definitely use to keep control of players they don't want to lose. Now, of course, the Titans last year were able to get a deal done, a long-term deal done with Derrick Henry before the deadline that came later in the offseason. But the entire point of bringing that up is just to give you an example of how the Titans have used this in the past directly last year with Derrick Henry. Now, the options that they would have this year that would make sense, first, you got to look at the top free agents that the Titans have. And number one on that list is Corey Davis. So obviously, Corey had his most productive season in his NFL career. And as a Titan last year, he's hitting the open market. He's earned the right to be a free agent and test that market and get as much money as he possibly can. Now, this is where things get tricky. If the Titans wanted to franchise tag Corey Davis, wide receivers are a pretty highly paid position. So the Titans would be looking at a price tag of $16 million for one year for Corey. Davis. The reality is Corey Davis is not going to get that kind of money on the open market. He's probably not even going to get close to that kind of money on the open market. So obviously it would make zero sense for the Tennessee Titans to pay $16 million next year for Corey Davis. Next on the list, you have Jonu Smith. And although some of you want to categorize me as a Jonu hater, I don't think that that's the case. I just think that I am accurately and fairly evaluating his skill set. And I think at $10 million, which is what the franchise tag would be for a tight end, I think that's not far away from what Janu will receive in the open market. He'll probably get anywhere from 10 to $11 million. But for me, Janu Smith is an $8 million player at max, and I wouldn't pay over that, whether the franchise tag or a long-term deal. The reality is, while he's very explosive as an athlete, He's got great speed, great run after the catch ability, and he's really good in the red zone. He's willing to block. He's got a ton of positives, which is why the guy's going to get 10 to $11 million. But what I keep bringing up, the reality of the situation is Jonu Smith is not a good route runner. He doesn't create separation against man coverage, and that's why when the S was hitting the fan and the chips were on the table, especially on third downs, the Titans more often than not had to take Jonu Smith off the field and put on Anthony Ferkser because Ferkser did have the ability to run routes better than Jonu and create separation against man coverage. If you have to have a tight end like Anthony Ferkser to put on the field for your $10, $11 million tight end, then why are you paying that guy that money? So to me, Jonu may get a great deal Good for him. I wish the best for him. No ill will towards Jonu at all. But what I know and what I've seen, Jonu Smith is not a 10 to $11 million player. And I would not advise the Titans to use the franchise tag on Jonu for $10 million. I, I just wouldn't do that. Next, Daquan Jones. Daquan is probably the, the worst player. Now, I like Daquan, but he's probably the worst player talent-wise out of this group. I would not pay $14 million for Daquan Jones. Quite frankly, I wouldn't pay $7 million for Daquan Jones. So that's kind of out of the realm of possibility. Jadavian Clowney. Now, that's $17 million for a defensive end. Probably the, I think I believe it's the second highest paid position in the NFL. I would not pay that money for Clowney. I probably would pay $7 million, but not 17 And then Jayon Brown would be looking 
looking at about $15 million. That linebacker number is inflated because the outside linebackers who are edge rushers are also included in the linebacker group. Clearly, edge rushing linebackers are more valuable and worth more than off-the-ball linebackers like Jayon Brown. But either way... $15 million. The Titans cannot pay Jayon Brown that kind of money. So from my vantage point and based on the comments from John Robinson in his Zoom conference last week, I just don't think that the Titans will need to or want to utilize the franchise or the transition tag this offseason. So wanted to cover that for you guys as it is the first day that the tag can be placed. So we are going to move forward now into the next part of our show. Take a look at some potential cut candidates in the NFC and the AFC and talk about whether they would make sense for the Tennessee Titans. Before we do, want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. MLB is right around the corner and golf events are taking place every single weekend. Not only that, but BetOnline has you covered for award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. There's real-time up updated odds and props on pretty much anything that you can imagine. So head to their website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. That's one word locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. At the beginning of today's show, I let you guys into, as a lot of you guys already know, but if you're new to the show whatsoever in any way, I love alliteration. And I don't mean to, you know, downplay anybody, but if you don't know what that is, alliteration is two words right in a row that have the same starting letter that have similar sounds. So, Tag Tuesday. There you go. I love stuff like that. Tic-Tac Tuesdays, Tic-Tac four-pack, all that stuff. I'm all over it. Football Fridays. It's just the way that my brain works. But I'm going to keep that going today. We we talked Tag Tuesday. Well, now let's do some article analysis. This is something that I like to do when I see an article that really catches my eye, has some interesting information in it, some good facts. In this particular scenario, we are going to look at an article done by Greg Rose. Rosenthal from NFL Network at NFL.com. Uh, Greg with two G's dropping some uh, some Easter eggs or some uh, some nuggets there for any of you guys who enjoy the Around the NFL podcast as well. But Greg from the Around the NFL podcast, NFL.com uh, and NFL Network as well, put out a pretty good article going over the potential cut candidates in both the NFC and the AFC that could be available by the time that free agency rolls around. And I just wanted to kind of go through the list that Greg had here and take a look at any of these people who may make sense for the Tennessee Titans. Now, we've already seen a a lot of players actually be cut and uh, be on the open market uh, before this article was written or it happened after this article was written and Greg had projected those people, people like J.J. Watt, K1 Short, A.J. Bouye. So all those guys did end up getting cut. So, of course, I'm not skipping those names, but their names, especially Bouye and Watt, we've talked about them quite a bit. K1 Short, just real quick, I think it would make sense for the Titans if they can get them on a cheap deal. The Titans need more help on the defensive line, not just with the pass rush and the edge, but also on the interior. They could lose Daquan Jones. 
Jones, getting somebody like Kwan Short on a cheap deal right around where Daquan may be, that would be an absolute upgrade. That would be a good move for the Titans, so not ruling that out. But going through this list, these are the strong candidates for release. Number one, coming from the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC, Alshon Jeffrey, Malik Jackson, Marquise Goodwin, and uh, Greg did have Deshaun Jackson here as well. We did learn Deshaun Jackson is being released. We learned that over the weekend. Also today, right before I started recording, Alshon Jeffrey was informed that he would be released from the Eagles. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. Those two players, I just have no interest in. A lot of you guys have talked about Deshaun Jackson. And while I agree that the Titans do need a guy in his mold, they need a boundary receiver who can provide speed, who can stretch the field deep, but gives you more more receiving skill than a guy like Khalif Raymond or Cam Batson. So to me, the Titans need somebody in the mold of a Deshaun Jackson, but for Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson's 34 years old, guys. He's always injured. He hasn't necessarily been the easiest guy to get along with throughout his career. He's had some bubble-up issues with coaching staffs in the past. Just not a personality fit for the Titans at his age. He's not a player fit either. So I don't really see that. Now, as for a wide receiver who I do think could be a potential fit for the Titans, next on Greg's list, he has two New York Giants. Number one, offensive tackle Nate Solder, and then wide receiver Golden Tate. And I think Tate is a guy who could make sense. If the Titans do cut Adam Humphreys, they're going to need a slot receiver. Now, they're going to have to get one wide receiver in the draft, in my opinion. One of the top three. Whether you get a slot wide receiver, like let's say a Kadarius Toney, um, let's say Rondale Moore, Moore from Purdue. If you want to go with a, with a guy like that earlier in the draft and, and fill that slot role, maybe even if you go later in the draft, that would make sense. And then you can either get, you know, you can go get your boundary receiver in free agency. Well, if the Titans decide to flip that and they go get a boundary receiver in the first three rounds of the draft, then I would expect them to go for a cheaper slot option in free agency. And a guy like Golden Tate is going to give you just as much as Adam Humphreys gave you, and he's going to be a lot cheaper and Golden Tate had been rumored for the Titans uh, in previous years as a trade candidate. It makes a lot a lot of sense that, that that interest would bleed over here. And if he is cut by the Giants, I think that could be a really cheap, uh, productive option in the slot. The Titans offense, the way it's played, is, is not an offense that needs a ton out of the slot. So you wouldn't be asking the 32-year-old veteran to do a lot but he would be there when you needed it and could still be just as productive as Adam Humphreys for a lot less. Next, two players from the Chicago Bears, Jimmy Graham and Bobby Massey. I'm going to mention this, offensive tackle. The Titans are not going to spend on any kind of offensive tackle depth here. They, they may get a depth piece like a Ty Sambrillo, but a guy like Bobby Massey who may expect a, to be a starter, there's no way that the Titans are going to be looking there. Jimmy Graham, again, Jimmy Graham has a role in the NFL right now, but based on the way the Titans offense work, based on having a guy like Anthony Ferkser, uh, why would the, and Ferkser is a restricted free agent, but I certainly expect him to be back. Why would the Titans look for a guy like Jimmy Graham? I guess if you want to replace Jonu Smith in multiple ways, Jimmy Graham gives you that red zone threat that Jonu Smith presented, so maybe that would make sense, but with the way the Titans tight end position works, I, I just don't see that as a good fit. So continuing to go down the list here, next, from the Detroit Lions, we have Desmond Trufant, Justin Coleman. Both of those are cornerbacks. Tight end Jesse James and quarterback Chase Daniel. Of course, anytime there's a backup quarterback on the market, I'm going to want the Titans to be interested to get rid of Logan Woodside. But 
The, the issue here is Chase Daniels is a decent name. He's a solid backup quarterback, and I don't think the Titans are going to be willing to pay that mid-tier backup price. The reason they have Logan Woodside is because he's so cheap. And that's a way that the Titans save money. So that's why I get it, but it just scares me. Jesse James, not interested. He doesn't really bring you anything. Maybe as a as a third or fourth tight end in the Swaim or Pruitt role, maybe, but just don't see it. As for Trufant or Coleman, it has been my opinion throughout this offseason, the Titans need to cut one of Adoree Jackson or Malcolm Butler, save that $10 million, and reallocate those resources to the pass rush. Go out, get a mid-range veteran, cheap option, at boundary cornerback, play Fulton inside, the Titans cornerback that survives the cut on the outside, and then the new veteran cornerback on the outside. I don't want to go with a 36-year-old like Jonathan Joseph, but you get a guy in his late 20s and his early 30s on the outside like a Desmond Trufant, that can make a lot of sense for the Titans uh, at a cheap rate. Next, tight end Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings. I think that that does actually make a little bit of sense for the Titans. He can give you some versatility. He's a red zone threat. He doesn't quite have the explosiveness that he had at times. He was never super explosive, but obviously in his older age, in the final years of his career, he's going to have less than before, but that can make sense. He's willing to block. He can help in the red zone. If the Titans go out and get a Brevin Jordan, for example, in the draft as an explosive tight end to try to get into the offense, then a, a vet like Kyle Rudolph to be that every down tight end could make sense. Cam Brate, I feel differently about Cam Brate, the tight end from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's more of a receiving option, and if the Titans do bring Ferkser back, I don't really see any reason to bring back or to bring in Cameron Brate. Next, some Atlanta Falcons. Ricardo Allen, the safety, who's actually already been released. Defensive tackle Allen Bailey, already been released. Offensive guard James Carpenter, already been released. I don't find any value in any of those guys. They don't really fit the scheme that the Titans are trying to run on defense. Next, you have two Saints, linebacker Quan Alexander, defensive tackle Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown actually gives me a little bit of interest as a depth piece on the defensive line, depending on his price tag. But I think the Titans definitely need to focus on getting another vet in on the defensive line if Daquan Jones does end up leaving. Then we have D. Ford and Weston Richburg from the 49ers. D. Ford, the defensive end. Weston Richburg, the center. Uh, D. Ford's been one of the worst trades made in the NFL in recent years. I'm not interested in either of those players. Weston Richburg is a starting quality player, in my opinion. So I don't think the Titans would be interested in bringing him on for that price. The final player here, though, is Preston Smith from the Packers. And I think that if Preston Smith is cut, that would be of great interest to the Titans at about 8 to $10 million. He could be a guy like in the price range of a Trey Hendrickson, in the price range of a Romeo Aquara, in the price range of a Carl Lawson. I think I would rather go with Preston Smith out of that group. He gives you some similar things to Matthew Judon, but he's going to be cheaper than Judon. So that would be a great option. As for some surprise cuts, I'll quickly go through these. Zach Ertz, I would be interested in Zach Ertz. Kevin Zeitler, the offensive guard from the Giants, not interested in Kevin Zeitler. Anthony Barr, linebacker from the Vikings. I think he would fit great into the Titans' defense as a versatile piece, but if the Vikings cut him, he's going to get more than the Titans want to pay for a linebacker. Chandler Jones, defensive end from the Cardinals, but Cardinals GM Steve Kime did reiterate over the weekend that he is not cutting Chandler Jones this offseason. That would be something the Titans should have pounced on if it happened. Jalen Smith, linebacker from the Cowboys, doesn't really fit the scheme for the Titans, has some injury issues from his 
college career that are kind of starting to get to him in his older age. Never lived up to the big contract. I'm out. Landon Collins from the Washington football team at safety coming off an Achilles. Titans don't have a need there. Alex Smith. Titans aren't going to be able to afford him even if he wants to be a backup going forward. Dante Fowler Jr., might get cut by the Falcons, but it would be a ton of dead cap, so probably not. But if so, obviously an edge rusher. The Titans have to kick the tires on that. But that's going to do it for the NFC. We are going to kick things forward, take a look at the AFC. Before we do, I want to remind you guys about Locked On Today, a new podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski from the Locked On Packers Podcast. It's all the sports news that you need every single morning in under 20 minutes. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Let me tell you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and when you do, make sure that you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box that is right underneath your shipping information so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliable Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's head into the final portion of this Tag Tuesday and wrap up our article analysis by taking a look at potential cut candidates in the AFC. Of course, this is an article done by Greg Rosenthal from the NFL.com site. And the number one name on the list is actually a name that we have discussed before, and that is outside linebacker from the Denver Broncos, Von Miller. Now, As Greg notes in here, there are some legal issues that are bubbling under the surface with Von Miller, and obviously any decision that any team makes is going to have to take that into account. But if the Broncos do cut bait with Von Miller and his legal issues are cleared, well, then the Titans absolutely have to consider throwing some money at Von Miller. I know he's coming off a pretty serious injury with a dislocated ankle, but at his age, he's been incredibly productive, one of the best edge rushers of all time. The Titans would have to at least give that a look. Next on the list is Jarrell Casey. Remember, guys, I said last year when Casey was traded that it was the right move. And this just proves that. The Broncos had Casey for one year. They're ready to save $12 million and cut him. Casey's 31 years old, guys. It's about the end of the line for an undersized defensive tackle. Next, two guys from the Houston Texans. Running back David Johnson, linebacker Benardrick McKinney. The Titans would have no interest in either of those players. Next is offensive guard Trey Turner. 
From the Los Angeles Chargers, remember Turner and Russell Okun were traded for each other last offseason. It didn't work out for Trey Turner. He didn't have a great year there on the Chargers offensive line. And quite frankly, Trey's probably going to want an opportunity to start again in the NFL. He's not going to get that opportunity in Tennessee. The next name on the list is very interesting to me, and it's defensive tackle from the Cincinnati Bengals, Geno Atkins. Like again, I said previously, if Daquan Jones is released or not released, but let walk in free agency. I think a veteran like Geno Atkins could be looking to have one-year deals going forward and compete for a championship and at least be on a winning team. Being in Cincinnati for most of your career will do that, although they did have some really solid success in the mid-2010. So can't crap on the Bengals too much for Geno Atkins' time during his career there. They were pretty decent a lot of the time. But now, obviously, that's changed. Cincinnati's looking for a new regime. I think Geno Atkins next to Jeffrey Simmons could be a fantastic idea. Everybody talks about fixing that pass rush with the edge. If the Titans had a consistent interior rusher to take that pressure off Jeffrey Simmons with the three interior linemen, I mean, that could be just as big as getting a top-tier edge rusher. Uh, Speaking of that, you look at defensive tackle Vernon Butler, you look at defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson, defensive end Mario Addison from the Buffalo Bills, I think all of those guys at the right price would make a lot of sense, especially Vernon Butler, who was a high pick not too long ago in the in the top couple of rounds. I think bringing him in, he's still got maybe some room to grow, put him next to Simmons and see what happens. That can make sense if the price is right. Next, we have tight end David Njoku from the Browns. If he's coming in at about four to five million, I would at least consider it. But Njoku requested a trade last offseason. Didn't get traded, obviously. Hasn't lived up to a first round pick that he got in 2017. So Njoku maybe thinks a little too highly of himself. Doesn't really fit with the culture in Tennessee. And then last on the list is Adam Humphreys. And I've talked about that quite a bit. I would expect him to be cut by the Titans, whether it be before free agency or after his price tag drops after June 1st. Who knows, but I would expect to see that. Some surprise cuts from Rosenthal here. Number one, Ben Roethlisberger. They cannot pay him $41 million or whatever in 2021. They just can't. The next on the list is one of the guys that I've had my eye on all offseason, hoping that he would be cut. I wanted to mention him in the wide receiver free agency preview, but I just didn't feel that it was the right move, quite honestly, uh, because he hadn't been cut yet, and it's on the fence whether he will, but it's wide receiver John Brown from the Buffalo Bills. If John Brown is released, that is my number one veteran free agent wide receiver that I want the Titans to go get. He is a fast guy. He is a boundary guy. When he's on the field, he's incredibly productive. Uh, Yes, he has some injury concerns, but we just saw Adam Humphreys be out. Corey Davis has had problems with injuries. A.J. Brown played all year, but he was banged up. People get injured in the NFL. I want the talent. I want John Brown. That would be the perfect number two wide receiver for the Titans. And then draft a wide receiver in the first three rounds to play in the slot. That's what I would like to see. John Brown is the ideal number two wide receiver to put into this Titans offense to diversify their portfolio at wide receiver. Uh, Next, Casey Hayward, cornerback from the Chargers. Another guy, 32 years old this September, but 
I think that makes a ton of sense to get a veteran in his late 20s, early 30s, who can still play a little bit, who will be cheap, he'll be a value-free agent that wants to win and play on a good team and a good organization. Casey Hayward makes a lot of sense for the Titans if they do cut one of Adoree or Malcolm. Next, you have the two offensive tackles from the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, tried to say that too fast. Not interested in either of those players. The Titans have the amount of money that they need to have allocated to the tackle position. They don't need to bring in somebody who's competing for a starting spot as a veteran. You get a young guy if you want to do that, but not one of these vets. And then, to hell with the Schwartz family. If you guys are on Twitter whatsoever, you probably don't like Jeff Schwartz. I don't dislike him as a person. He's just a guy on Twitter, but he definitely does go out of his way to antagonize the Titans fan base. So screw his whole family, man. Uh, I mean that in a joking way, guys. I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody ever. But uh, next, Marcus Cannon, offensive tackle from the Patriots. No, the Titans wouldn't be there. Another wide receiver who I think makes sense like Golden Tate, Jamison Crowder from the Jets, and he's even better than Golden Tate. Price might be a little bit more. I would be shocked at the Jets release Crowder. He's been their most productive wide receiver for quite quite a few years in a row now, but if he gets on the open market, the Titans got to take a look at Jamison Crowder within the context that they would cut Adam Humphreys and let Corey Davis walk. I'm approaching this as if the Titans have A.J. Brown and then nothing else in their top three wide receiver group. So how you fit those pieces together, Crowder would be a great veteran in the slot, draft a boundary receiver in the draft, There you go. Number seven is a Titan. It's Malcolm Butler. Um, Like Greg Rosenthal says here, it's a tricky cut because Butler was the best cornerback on the Titans by far last year, and the Titans already are having trouble at cornerback. But he does create that flexibility, saving the Titans $10 on the cap. We will see what happens there. David DeCastro, guard from the Steelers, cornerback from the Steelers, Steven Nelson. Maybe Nelson would make a little bit of sense, but he's more of a slot guy. I don't really see that as a fit. So those are the last names that Rosenthal has on the list. That is going to do it for today's show. Went over the cut candidates that I thought made sense for the Titans that I think don't make sense for the Titans. So keep your eyes out for some of those names that we discussed. Also talked about the price tag for certain players on the Titans if the Titans decide to use the franchise tag. Again, I do not see that taking place. But that's going to do it for today's show. I will be back with you guys tomorrow. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.